everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. So Tiffany Jenkins, best-selling author, juggling the Jenkins. Um, you talk about addiction. You talk about depression, anxiety. You're one of those real people that we love um, because you know you you just you, you don't sugarcoat things. You just say it the way it's it's coming out of your brain, and you don't try to glamour it all up, right? Um, and so that's that's huge because these are obviously very serious issues. But then you're also adding, you know, going through your pages and the way you're doing things. It's not a surprise to me that you've caught on because you're very funny, you're passionate, and you have kind of unique twist on things. So thank you. Welcome, Tiffany Jenkins. Woo! Thank you for having me. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you very well. Yeah. Okay. Every time, because I watched some of your other interviews and people had fancy Bluetooths and I was like, mm, I don't have any of those. So I was hoping this would be okay. You mean like these fancy yeah. Bluetooths? Yeah. Uh, no, headphones actually, I think are probably even better because you're wired right on in there. Technology Perfect. can't get you. I can't, well, you can't disconnect. Um, so, all right. So can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey? I always like to start with kind of where did little Tiffany Jenkins start out? How did she get to, you know, where she, the struggles, the hard stuff, and then had she come out of it, write the book, become this, this huge, you know, you're on the Today Show, the doctors, you get this 4.4 million followers. Walk us through it. Um, so it's kind of a long and twisty tale, but I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, I was a really great kid growing up. I got good grades. Things were fine. I was anxious and nervous all the time, but I didn't know what it was because it wasn't talked about really back then. So my senior year of high school... Um, I discovered alcohol, and it was the first time that I felt numb, and I didn't feel anxious or nervous anymore, and I loved the feeling so much that I, I chased it, and I ended up dropping out of school uh, my senior year, and I just spiraled for the next 10 years into addiction, and I made some really terrible choices that ended up uh, with me in jail, a place where I never thought I'd be, and just when I thought it was the end... Um, it was something amazing happened. And my father came and visited me in jail and told me that he had gotten sober and that he wanted me to get sober too. So we could take the recovery journey together as a family. And so that really inspired me, his love to get my life together. And so I went to rehab and that was when all the amazingness started. That's so, okay. So, and by rehab, I'm assuming AA? Or was it um, something different? So I, my problem was drugs, per, specifically. Like, I couldn't handle my alcohol either by any means. But for me, opiates were my downfall. So I went to a six-month live-in residential treatment program, and we worked mm -hmm. on the 12 steps there. It was actually a faith-based rehab program. Um, and so basically, we went to NA meetings. Narcot, yeah, NA. Excuse me, yeah. Very no, similar, that's okay. Similar, similar, um, right. The similar concepts is just one 
substance abuse is substance abuse, but clearly, yeah. right, not to take away, sorry, I mean, no. narcotics, that's a deeper, <laughs> darker hole, so let's give you some credit for that. Yeah. I mean, alcohol I is was, alcohol. But I was eating garbage out of dumpsters, mister. Oh, let's not, yeah. I'm just let's kidding. Go. The only reason I mention it is because sometimes, for some reason, people are very specific about different programs and, like, claiming to be in different programs, and me, I don't ever talk about any programs on my page or um, in my book or anything because it's like an anonymous program. And part of the traditions are you keep it anonymous at the level of press and radio and film. Right. And so and so many people listen to me and I don't ever want to try and be like the face of NA because uh, to be honest, I believe different things work for different people. And so I just, I'm all about just general, if I can do it, you can do it. A life after addiction is possible. I love it. Um, somebody just said, we can't hear you. So let's make love sure. It. Can somebody right now that's watching this, tell us, can you hear us or not? Because Do you want me to try to take my headphones out and see if that helps? No, no, I can hear you perfectly. I just want, and I'm pretty sure everybody can hear you. Uh, somebody just did thumbs up. Everyone's recurring. Okay. Can we hear her? Can we hear her? Can we hear you? Can we hear everybody? Mindy, Listen, can, he Mindy can hear you. I'm okay. an ancient fossil and my headphones are from Kmart and they're old and I don't know what shape I can in. hear I yeah they're coming in we can hear okay I just wanted to make sure okay. all right you know you know what technical stuff you're out of here dude now we're getting into the real okay so oh god I you know so coming from a um so my mom was raging alcoholic um Really? verbal mental uh verbal uh, mental and physical abuse growing up so that kind of shaped my childhood so i'm i'm very familiar with you know what it can do i ended up going the opposite way well, i shouldn't say the exact opposite i i still drink a a, a teat or two here and there but <laughs> i i got scared by what i saw from my mom and i was like yeah. i do not want to be that way and so i kind of was just like extra careful with alcohol, like when it started becoming introduced, like you said, I think you said high school, you had your first sip and I was like, oh, mm. um, but then I actually did in college. I kind of I, I, I kind of let my guard down and I did start getting kind of getting into it. And, you know, there's different levels, as you know, of alcoholism, you know, um, and I think, you know, binge drinking can definitely be one of them. And I definitely got into the binge drinking in college and I saw it starting to take a negative toll. Luckily, I was able to catch myself and sort of be like, dude, you need to chill. Yeah. And step and step away from that a little bit. Um, and now, you know, it's, it's, I assume you're not, you don't do any, do you do, or I shouldn't assume any drinking uh, or is it just cold turkey? No, I have not had a drink or a drug in eight years ever since I got arrested actually, because for me, like I, I can't turn it off. It's like, there's no off and on switch for yeah. me. It, yeah. It's just on all the time. So if I were to just like have wine with a friend I'm not kidding. The next day I'd be pawning all my items and like in a ditch. I can't like, I can't control it. Yeah. And that's, that's very common. Right. It's like some people, well, some people trick themselves into thinking that they can, right? Like, Oh, yeah. you know, I can just have a drink or two. And my mom's actually one of those. So she was so, so she gets, she went to AA. She got sober. Um, Is she sober? And for, she, well, she died. Let me finish the story. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tiffany, for God's <laughs> sake. My parents are dead. It's like I my think... wife saying, like, when, when I tell her there's a movie I like and we start to watch it, and literally every two seconds, she's like, is he going to be the bad guy? <laughs> she's going to die, isn't she? I'm just like, just watch the movie. I'm so watch sorry. It. Okay. I'm listening. I, but I, I get it because, like I said, I'm used to it. Um, no, she's, she's alive, so we'll start there. 
it's a happy thing. Uh, but she, after 25, 30 years of like being sober, she's like, oh, I'm just going to dip my toe back in. She's like, I can handle it. And she started drinking a little bit more, a little bit more. And it actually did become a problem again. And now we're having to, you know, go back through the, the AA and, and whatnot, because some people just like it's DNA, call it whatever you want. People have different, different views on it, but I do think it's a, it's a DNA thing. Like, it's like, you either have that gene of like, I can dabble or I can't touch it type of thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's very difficult to have your mind go, you know what, we're just going to have a little bit and then we're going to shut it off. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Because once you're in a program long enough, you're like, you know what, I know everything I need to know now. And now that I have this knowledge, I can go back out there and drink and be fine. And that's not the case if you're like me or your mom. And, um, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. It always, I was always like the addict and the alcoholic in this situation. I wasn't on the other side of it. And so it, it really like breaks my heart when I think about a kid with alcoholic parents, because they're the ones who are supposed to be like guiding you through life and teaching you the ways and to have to grow up so fast. It, it really breaks my heart. And I think it's so cool that you turned out as amazing as you did um, despite the obstacles that were in your way. And I'm sending your mom so much love and I'm always around if she wants to talk. Not that she wants to talk to a strange, weird lady, but I'm always here. Oh, you better be careful with that offer. My mom I, loves to talk and she will talk to anybody and she will talk for hours. So I would love be careful with her. what you wish for, but that is very sweet of you. Actually, the truth be told, my I, I ended up hitting my rock bottom. You, you said you went to jail. I went to jail too. I hit my rock bottom, not for, for drugs and alcohol, but actually fighting with my mom. Um, on my way to my senior uh, freshman year of college, heading to, to school, we got into a fight in the car, uh, as, as many, many fights before. Um, and I ended up punching her in the arm, which was no bueno. And she immediately pulled off of, and they're just ha of the highway. There happened to be literally all like packed up with all my stuff to start this new life in college because I'd already been struggling in high school. I was like, okay, first day, new time and pulled mm. off there happened to be a fire station literally right there with like four firefighters just sitting around chatting and she like gets out and she's like my son just hit me immediately call call the police i end up in jail i'm like oh my god wow. like, like what is what is happening to the world so um but and then that kind of parlayed into I, I i still was your typical victim in 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 college i didn't get into a fraternity which a lot of people say oh rich people problems no i mean at my school it was like a very small school and it wasn't a rich school, but it was like, you're either in a fraternity or you're a pariah, social pariah. And right. every single person in my entire uh, dorm room and, and, and freshmen basically got into one. And I didn't knowing what I know now about humans and how they operate. And it's, I was like your victim and putting all the focus on myself. It makes sense. But at the time it was devastating. So that's when I kind of had my rock bottom and you know what? Just sorry, this is a long-winded way of saying no, it's okay. the fact that my mom was that alcoholic and that I struggled growing up and I had to hit that rock bottom. To me, I'm so grateful because I don't know I, I, what I, I always kind of talk about how people tend to hover between rock bottom and their best self. And it's like that gray area where it's like you're not quite motivated enough to like go out and do something like you did, like write a book and, and be like, you know what? I'm turning my life around. But they're not so low that they're like, uh, you know, like I, I can deal with this. It's kind of life kind of sucks. Right. And then they get to the end of their lives and they're like, Oh my God, could have, should have, would have, I could have done yeah. this. I could have done that. So rock bottom in a way and having a tough childhood, I think for a lot of people, uh, depending on how you use it can be a gift. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I always say rock bottom was the springboard that I needed in order to get to where I am now. Um, and 
the whole childhood thing, I think it it can go one of two ways. Sometimes people use uh, their alcoholic parents as an excuse of what, uh, or as a reason not to drink. And then other people are like, well, let me see what was so good about it that my mom loved it so much. And they end up following the same path. But um, it's devastating all around. I hate addiction. I hate alcoholism. And I just, I hope that I can keep having opportunities like this to talk about a life after it and how it's possible so that other people can see that it doesn't have to be, you know, the way their story ends. Thank you. And so speaking of the life after that, let's get into the good stuff and let's talk about how, okay, so you had your, you know, rock bottom where you sprung up. Um, and how did, how did this transition to where, you know, you wrote the book, you started becoming, you know, a personality associated with this sharing your story that really just, hit with people like Hatton. Tell us about that journey. I had always loved like being in front of the camera and being a wacko, but like I, I had developed a sense of humor because I was so painfully insecure and self-conscious. And so I would like make jokes about myself and things like that in order to draw people to me and keep them away from like the truth. And so when I started having kids, I, I felt really lonely and I started writing and I wrote about real stuff. Like I wrote about motherhood and my struggles. And I was amazed at how many people were like, dude, I feel the same way. And the more people came to me and like praised me for being honest, the more it motivated me to keep going. And so when I say that I, I literally wouldn't have had the courage or the strength to write a book or continue making videos, if it wasn't for people like the people here in the comments, um, I wouldn't have, um, if it wasn't for them accepting me, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Wow. Yeah. That, that's a common story you hear. Like comedians will be like, you know, I use humor as a, you know, people that go on and become very famous. A lot of them say that as a kind of a defense, maybe coping, whatever kind of defense mechanism. mechanism. Yeah. To sort of be like, oh, no, look, I have something to offer. I'm funny. Right. But at the same time, don't sell yourself short because not everybody can just create funny. Right. It's like you either have it or you don't. Right. right. I yeah, mean, you can you can work at your jokes, but delivery just you know, your overall. I mean, it's kind of like you look at somebody like that person's funnier. No matter what comes out of that person's mouth, it's not going to be funny. Type of thing. So <laughs> you have the magic, so don't Thanks. play so short. But that's that's but I, I it's interesting that you said that's how it kind of sprung. So and then when when did you decide? Okay, I want to write a book um, and put it all down. And how did that process go? So I thought I was going to be a blogger at first. And so I was writing all the time and I decided to write about my time in jail because I was like, maybe there's people out there who don't know what it's like to be in jail. So I should write about this. And so I turned it into a series and each week I released a chapter. And then I got an email from a woman who said her son was in jail and she wishes that he could read it because she found it very insightful. And so then a light bulb went off and I was like, maybe I can make a book. And so... Mm -hmm. I took all the blogs down off the website and started Googling, like, how do you write a book? How do you format a book? How do you get a book published? How do you get an editor? Nice. And if YouTube taught me everything and I self-published, um, I ended up Ooh, writing nice. it and I self-published it on Amazon and it did so well that it was picked up by Penguin Random House and now it's available in stores and stuff. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So I'm I, I'm writing a book and I'm I'm asking myself all the same questions that you did. Like I'm like, do I try to go this route or this? I, that's good to know that you went the the self publishing route and then they said, hey, this is awesome. We want in and then you 
Very interesting. Okay. So, so you already had some good success just doing it yourself. I had 12,000 Facebook followers at the time. And I would write messages to like these publishing companies. And I'm like, I have, I know I can probably sell at least 12,000 books. Like, give me a chance. And they're like, that's not nearly enough. And I was like, dang. So then I was like, okay, it's a popularity thing. Like, obviously they want to ensure that they'll be right. able to to sell this. So I was That's like, well, I'm about. not waiting and I'm going to just do it myself. And so yeah. I did. God. And then the, the page ended up growing. Page grew and then, oh, yeah. And then some more people. And then obviously if it's a good product, which it was, um, well, is, I don't know how really. Then people really? tell it, Hey, you got to read this. This is awesome. I, mean, I see people in the comments now, best book ever. Like, I, um, I don't get it. I, I'm the worst <laughs> self promoter ever. And also, I didn't graduate high school. So I say this to people all the time. I'm like, I, did, I dropped out of high school, dude. And if I can write a book that becomes a bestseller, you can do it too. Like, there's no reason. I, right. I, I put words on paper and into sentences and paragraphs, and people are reading it. And so if a dum-dum like me can do it, you can too. It's like but, that old cliche. Like, if I can do it, you can do it. But you really mean it. Yeah, like I you do. really mean it. <laughs> I try to tell people that all the time. And the same thing about getting clean. Like, there's nothing special about me. I wasn't born with special DNA that allowed me to kick addiction and get clean. Like, I just became willing to do whatever it took. And I'm a huge fan of, like, researching. And Google ha has everything you need. If you want to learn how to, like, do a backflip, I don't recommend it. But if you want to, Google can teach you. Like, there's information out there. That's and, and I and I love that you said that and that, that you kind of well, first of all, I'm always telling people like, don't get that analysis paralysis thing like you could have easily been like, I want to write a book, but I don't have any idea how I, it looks so 10 zillion miles away of people that have published books like I can't do that. You just got on the Internet, you took the action, you started Googling, and you're like, I'm gonna do it. And you yeah. did it. And, and that's that's a that's such an important lesson to just I want to point out to people that it's like you just got to take the action and do it. Cause even if you felt fallen on your butt, you know, something tells me that you would have said, okay, what did I learn from this? And then I would have, you know, maybe, maybe you tried a different angle. You did. But that's the key is like, just, just doing it, failing, learning. I mean, fortunately for you, you kind of hit it out of the park on your first one, which is always fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, it's never a, it's never a, this quick story. Right. So I'm sure if I were to get into, we could probably spend 10 hours on, the journey of writing the book, getting up to it, the struggles, all that stuff. I'm sure it wasn't just like one day I decided to write a book. Right. A week later, I had my book. Two weeks later, it was yeah. published because I Googled, right? Didn't yeah, it was definitely a process, but my, it's fleeting. And I mean, I'm not a go-getter. <laughs> contrary to popular belief, I have days where like I can't get out of bed and I don't want to do anything and everything seems so far away and it's hard just to do the basic things. But then I have days where I'm superwoman and I'm like, I'm going to start an empire and write a movie script right. and have another baby. And like, I just get really crazy. So when I feel motivated and inspired, I really just run with it because I don't know how long mm -hmm. it's going to be there for. <laughs> Well, that, you know, and that's, that's, that's a really great technique. And because, you know, that's, that's, unfortunately a lot more than most people do like they'll get that that fleeting and then it'll just fleet right out and then the next thing that jiggles itself in front of them whether it's an instagram poster 
you know, Netflix or or, or Apple Pod, you did it, did it, did it, did it, and then they're on, they're on to that, and then it's like whatever that inspiring thing was. It sounds like you're able to at least be like, all right, Jigglies, yeah, here for a all right, Jigglies, I'm going in, I'm going in, and then you and you do it, and you take the actions, and it's like that's it because so how many of us and writing things down? I'm a big fan. Do you write things down? Like if you get an idea or an inspiration, I text you write it to down? myself. There. just just same 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 process there's power in that isn't there there's power in, in, in like writing it down it becomes real it's something tangible versus just like in your mind being like like you were saying earlier okay today i'm superwoman and i'm gonna write a script and i'm gonna have another baby i'm gonna you know whatever like if you don't actually write something down send something you know, it's like you're not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere goal yeah. i'm a big fan of goals. do you do you do goals or do you just how do you how do you handle those I used to, but I, when the world like kind of paused because of everything that's going on, I it felt pointless to me to try to make goals because I had no idea how, if I and when I'd be able to achieve them, which is an honest and not great answer. But everything I appreciate the honesty got put on hold, and I was I was like, man, I'd love to be an actress, but you know productions halted everywhere and so I've kind of just been in limbo and t focusing on the family and stuff um but I was looking at the the cores okay that you talk about the five cores mm -hmm. and I'm super great at like the mental self-awareness and everything like that but I just let all the other ones go to the wayside and I was reading about it and I was like maybe that's why I sound smart when I talk but on the inside, I feel like an imposter whose life is falling apart. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. So, right. I mean, these cores, for people that don't know them, um, there's these five core areas that I feel that I've identified as, you know, over my journey, my rock bottom. You know, I didn't come up with them until those, these last couple of years where I'm like, how do I organize this so that it's simple and people can understand it? But basically, to me, we all have these different areas of our life. And if you're not paying attention to these really important ones that have like proven and, you know, throughout the universe in the past and, and are going to be proven by the universe in the future, these principles of like what's important, what makes you fills your soul with joy and happiness. If you if you just focus on just one of them and not the rest, you're going to have like you were just saying, you know, there's always going to be like feelings of like what's missing. There's something you know, and that's not to say not to give credit to somebody like you, you know, like career and finance tends to be like the number one that people focus on. Right. And it's one of the core. So let me just go through mindset is the first one. Career and finances, relationships, physical health and emotional health and giving back. I won't give definitions for each, but we'll just get so your career, the career, career and finance. People think, you know, success is all about if I just make enough money. If I just get enough Instagram followers, if I just this. And take it from somebody like me, and now you can probably back yourself because you've had success. That does not bring happiness, no. right? You, it, it, for a moment, it does. Like I'm sure when you when you saw how many books you sold, or when it started to take off, or you got those paychecks, you're like, heck yeah! And and that is a part of it, and finances, but it's more than that. It's like you got to love what you're doing, enjoy what you're doing each day. Like there's going to be days that suck, and you're not going to want to do it. But like in general, it's like this is what I'm meant to do. And I'm doing it. If you don't have that in your life, you're going to have something missing, right? Yeah, I definitely, I want to rephrase. Like, I think the career and the finance brings happiness, but not 
in itself. It doesn't fix everything that's broken. And I've learned that, like, I am so blessed and fortunate. I purchased my first home because of all the support that I get from my supporters. And like, that is a blessing that I'm grateful for every day, but it's never enough. Like, it's never going to be enough. You know, never enough. Ever. And, you know, you look at people who are super rich and famous, like Kim and, you know, if you could buy every single thing that you wanted in the world, then what is there left to get excited about? And I think about that all the time, going from being homeless to being able to buy crap on Amazon if I want. Like, what's left to get excited about if I could have everything I want? I, this is such a great conversation because it's it's so true, right? And and those are you know the Kardashians are a perfect example to me. It's like I'll, I, I'm willing to bet um, a lot of a lot of chichi chula m- money that you know that they're not. I'm not saying all of them, but that they're not fi- fulfilled inside. And you know, right? It, w- the problem that happens is like no matter how much you get, like so, like I was interviewing a guy the other day. He sold his book, and this book that I was a big fan of is called The Energy Bus. Anybody that's that's watching should check that out one too. Um, John Gordon, and he he was talking about how at 23, you know, then he, or, it, he basically got five. He had five million dollars in his bank account. And he thought that that was going to bring him happiness. And for, you know, for a minute when he was driving in the Porsches and he's like, this is awesome. But then it was like something, you know, he, he's like, he was starting to get depressed and stuff. He's like, well, if I only had 10 million, he's like 10 yeah. million would be the number. Right. And then he got 10 million and he's like, no, no, that's not it. And the point is, yes, having a home, like there's certain needs that need to be met. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying like, oh, just go sleep in a trash can and you'll be fine. It's <laughs> once you've got those needs met, right. like, okay. I, I can feel financially stable. I'm not worried where my next meal is coming from. I have, you know, a house that I wanted to buy. I'm yeah. driving a car that, you know, that then, but it, then you're just chasing after that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're just like, cause at the end of the day, you can't take your money with you. Right. And at, it, and, and when, right. And at, at your funeral, what do you, what do you want said about you? Oh, she made, she made a hundred billion dollars or she was fucking awesome. She she loved everybody and everybody loved her. She had this magical juice that just sprayed out of her when she talked. <laughs> that sounded kind of weird. <laughs> you get the point. Uh, and you know, and she she gave back to the world. Right, the the world um, said when the day she died, it said, "You know what? Thank you, Tiffany. We are so much better off for having you in it, having you in our world." Versus, you know. Thank God, Tiffany. See you later. You know, yeah. you sucked every energy and drop of joy out of out of our life. Thank God you're gone, right? And and these yeah. types of things, it's like those are the things that ultimately matter, right? And then I call this back to the future exercise of people. I'm like, okay, so what do you want said about your funeral? Now let's back up and let's look at your life and let's yeah. go, okay, how do what are the habits? What are the things you want to start incorporating? And you kind of break it into these five core areas. Because we gotta have the relationships. We got to have the physical health going, you know, somewhat, you know, some people are, are crazier about it than others seven days a week, two hours a day. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But you, you, if you want your mind to be happy, mm-hmm. your body has to be at least somewhat happy. So, and I, my, I'm always saying start small. Go ahead. I have a question. My body is happiest when it's not moving. <laughs> that's what I feel like my body is. Yeah. Happiest. Can I challenge you on that? I would, I need you to. <laughs> you are funny okay so your body thinks it's happiest when you're not moving and by the way i am a huge relax i love to relax and i love to take naps i'm a napper i am a napper dear lord sweet jesus my wife and i (laughs) when we first when we first came together 
she was like, wow, you take a lot of naps. And I'm like, look, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's who I am. It, you know, take, and then we got married and she started to kind of complain. I'm like, oh, you knew this you lady. Knew this. this is part of the deal. Right. So, and, and I love to relax and just watch a good movie and I'm a huge movie guy and, and these types of things. And, and yes, that feels great. But my point is I also have, these proactive moments where I incorporate exercise and I'm not saying go run 5k every day, like reduce the friction by, by figuring out what it is that you don't mind doing. That's fun. Like, so for me, it's sports. I like to play basketball. I play tennis. Like that gets my cardio. I can't just go sit on a treadmill. My, my wife can, I can't. Right. And so it's like, figure out for you what's easy, what's easier to do. And I'm talking about like 10, 10 to 15 minutes, three days a week minimum. Right. And, and, but just even doing that, I, as soon as I finish, I feel like my brain's like alive. And I know that I have more energy throughout the next day because I got my, myself moving that day and I feel better. And I, I notice I do when I don't do anything, like if I, if I cheat and I don't do anything yeah. for that week, my energy's down and, and I'm not as, as happy. Straight up. What do you mean when you say reduce the friction? I feel like I need that. I feel Reducing like it means something. So yeah, I, I, my whole thing is trying to gamify your happiness, like gamify your life, like reduce the friction by tricking your brain into taking actions that's good for it. Okay. What friction? So friction, meaning like, there's a lot of friction. If you were to, if, if you were to tell me like the example I just used, um, I want you to go for a run. I want you to go for, I want you to run every day. If, like my doctor said, you got a heart problem. Like you, you got to start exercising. I want you to run every single day, two miles a day. Immediately, my walls would go up and I would get so stressed out. I'd be like, are you kidding? There's no way in hell I can do that. Like that's, yeah. that's I, I hate running. Da, da, da. But if he said, what's your favorite sport? And I said, well, I like to play basketball. And he goes, is there a way that you can work basketball into like your routine? Like where you play once or twice a week? And then I think, well, no, I don't have time. And he goes, and then, you know is there? And I, oh, yeah, I guess I could find an hour or two, you know, and then, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. And so it's like, then you're, then all of a sudden you're proactively scheduling it into your life. It's something that you actually enjoy doing. So for me, and this is just me again, everybody's different. So you got to find out what your friction is and then what the thing is that's going to make it easier for you to want mm. to do it. Right. Okay. So for me, it's the basketball, which actually they shut down when COVID hit. So I had to completely change gears and it sucked because I was going to this gym three days a week. I was playing basketball for an hour and a half. That yeah. was my cardio. I was like, sweet, got it. Didn't feel like an hour and a half went by. I didn't feel like I exercised, right? Right. Friction reduced. Like it didn't feel like, oh God, I got to go exercise. It was like, oh sweet, I get to go play basketball. And I'm yeah. super competitive, right? So that's what I mean by that. And then when that went away, I had to, I had to pivot. And then it became, I don't, I didn't just buy a home gym. I was like, that sounds miserable. So mm -hmm. what I, what I did is I, every single day I've got a, a 20 month old and a four and a half year old. They jump on my back at the end of the workday and I do push-ups like this and both of them are on my back, right? So I'm actually, I call it habit stacking. I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm not this, this, <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting my relate. I'm hitting my relationship core, spending good time with the family and I'm hitting my physical health core and I'm, we're having fun doing it, right? It doesn't feel like exercise. They're laughing. Uh, and then I do these and I, I like lift them up for my shoulder. So, you know, there, and I, I won't go through I the whole do thing, that. but. But right, it's just like, and then my heartbeat's getting up. And then my son, we, right now we're doing a game where he's, oh, can we play the chase game? I chase him around the house. And it's like, we do it for like 20 minutes. And I'm not kidding you. Like my heart is be, and I intentionally like make sure that I keep, and, and it's like, I'm having fun doing it. Friction reduced, physical health core met. 
That's, that's what I mean by reducing friction. That's a good idea. I could do that running around with my kids. I feel like I could do that. Right. And, and, and fortunately for me, you know, he's, he, I don't even have to put a reminder like proactively for that one. Like at the end of the day, every day he knows it's like, dad, is it run around time? And it's like, Aww. so now that's become a habit. Right. And it's become, I call them failure versus success habits. The old failure habit would have been finish the day, grab a beer and just sit. I still have my beer, but I don't have it. Then I, I first, I do that. I run around with him. I get my heartbeat. Then we have dinner. I have my beer. And I'm like, okay, I feel good about having my dinner and beer now. Right, you know, right. And, and, and I add every other day for my work days, I, add, I either do push-ups. I, have, I bought a pull-up machine. So like when I literally, for lunch, when I go to grab my lunch right before, it's just part of my routine. My brain knows that it's going to happen. And at first it sucked. And I was like, I don't want to do push-ups, right? Because again, I was going to the gym and that was where I was getting exercise. But now, like that's the thing about habits. They don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting you, right? Once they've got, once they're in and they're locked into your brain, then they're kind of on autopilot and you just sort of do them. Right. And so now it's like, I know to do my pushups. I know to do these. And it feels great. And I actually kind of look forward to it. I'm like, sweet, I'm going to get my heart rate up. I'm going to feel good about eating my lunch. But it's that front loaded work where that bad habit is locked in good. Right. And he's like, okay, baby, I don't want to move. Don't try to change me. Yeah. And there's, that's the front loaded work. And I call it fake it till you make it. Like just proactively just do it until you get over that hump to where then it's that habits working for instead of against you. Nice. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. I'm so you know what? I feel like I'm you, it got excited when you asked me that about I that. asked I got on you. Tangent. But this is your this answer. is your interview so let's get back to you. No, I'm so, getting okay. free a uh, free information session right now so I'm well, milking it. <laughs> I I'm flattered because you're you you are in my book, you're up here. So if I can help you in any way, that makes me really happy. So tell, tell us about, speaking of habits, are there habits in your life that you feel like you've developed that have, have served you well? Success habits that maybe, maybe at one time they were failure habits. And now they're success habits that are helping to build that momentum for you. Ah, success habits, ha uh, success habits. Like Just things good, good habit versus bad habits. Uh, in in any realm, it could be it could be finance, it could be career, it could be your finances. A good hat. Oh gosh, you know what? I don't think I I don't think I have any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm panicking because I I my life. I hate routine. I hate calendars. I hate structure. It makes me want to puke. And so I kind of wake up every day having no clue what's going on, and I wing it, and I. That's probably my problem now that I'm saying it out loud. But I don't think I have like successful habits as in successful things I do every day. Is that what so, that means? Can I tell you a successful habit that I actually just noticed that you have that you yeah. don't even know that you have? Yes. Brutal honesty. That oh. is a fantastic habit to have because you know what? Most people bullshit their whole lives and they get mm. asked a question like that. And they start to panic, like you said you just did, and they might make something up or, you know, the, the, they might BS their way through it. But you just spoke the truth. That, my dear, is a humongous success habit. And I huh. think that probably has to do with your immense, I don't think, I know, has to do with your immense success because people can spot people have there's 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 that bs meter that people have right yeah you can spot the phonies from from the real deal and you're the real deal and you say you speak the truth and you don't try to bs people and i think that's a big part of why you've gotten to where you are 
Thank you. That's nice. That's a nice compliment. I wasn't, I didn't think about that, but my brutal honesty gets me in trouble sometimes, but I do recognize that people um, appreciate, they say it all the time. You're so authentic and genuine. And I take it as such a huge compliment, but it's cause it's all I know really, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's some, I just, it's all I know is oversharing and just talking about whatever comes in my brain. And that's funny that you say it like that. Cause, and that, that's, that's a very common thing for people to do too. Like, like when you, when you're talking about, okay, what are your strengths? What are your, you know, passions and stuff? It's like, well, a lot of people just kind of throw away their strengths because they're like, well, that just comes naturally to me. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still a strength, right? We're all different human beings. We all have different strengths, weaknesses. And to me, I'm like, it's, I always tell people it's important to know what your strengths are um, and what your, you know, quote unquote weaknesses are because these are things, you know, okay, I don't want to necessarily have these incorporated in my life or I want to outsource them to somebody right. else. I want to figure out workarounds. Like let's not have that part of my daily situation, but the strengths that I have, let's, let's, let's catapult on those babies. Right. So, and so you is, without even knowing it have catapulted your career based on one of your biggest strengths. In my is it just, um, thank you. Is it just self-reflection that like, do you just sit down with yourself and ask you like, cause in a 12 step program, you sit down with a sponsor and they kind of guide you through how to live a life without addiction. When you're trying to learn like your strengths and weaknesses, do you just sit down with yourself and say, okay, what am I doing in a day, every day that's good? And what am I doing every day that's not so great? Good question. So I, I call it my momentum book. I literally have like different, different categories of the things that I've got written down. And I, I review it once a week. And one of them is, is my strengths, my weaknesses, my passions. And my, in my strengths, it's um, a good way to, to come up with them is what have, pe what have people always told me? you're good at, or we like about you, or, you know, that's something you naturally have. Um, and, and, or something that you just feel like is again, back to the friction where like, it's just frictionless. Like you see other people struggle with or, or that people don't have. Um, and that people are pointing out, Hey, you do have that, you know, like that just comes natural to me. Like, I'm just good at that. Right. Okay. So I'm sure you actually have many, you just maybe aren't, you know, it's just not consciously like, okay, these are them. And then right. again, what I, what I then teach people to do is say, okay, so now you've got those. And by the way, that's not something you're just going to nail on your first try. Like you may like struggle and only come up with like two or three, but that list is going to build. Cool. And part of the fun is like, you know, it's like, okay, like you're starting to identify things because you're becoming more aware of yourself. And that's part of what I'm always trying to get people to like shine that spotlight like in the dark and in scary places yeah like, what, what is your life like what is making you really happy what is sucking the happiness out of your life let's get more of that happy good stuff and let's let's get rid of those bad things and again yeah. it usually comes comes down to habits is, is a big part of it and i don't mean like you said you're not a scheduler you don't like routines like i'm not telling you you have to get into all that again mm -hmm. it's about frictionless so if for you maybe it's it's a different way to do it but you can still get in the routine of doing certain things that are good for you. But what's going to happen is your brain then goes, okay, we got this. We're on autopilot and you don't have to think about it anymore. That's what's cool. That'd be and nice. that habits working for you instead of against you. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes sense. So let so in terms of, so what, when did the book come out, by the way, what year? Uh, Approximately. Great question that I should Approximately. know. Um, the first one was 2017. 
I have no clue. Well, I self-published <laughs> it in like 2017 and then Random House picked it up in, or 2018, 2018, 2019. I got to Google it. 2018, 2019. Okay. And so, so besides the fact that obviously financially, you know, your life has changed. How would you say your life has changed your family, friends, or has it? Uh, my life's changed significantly. Um, and not just because I have money doing what I love now. Like when I first started writing the book, I was working at a carpentry company from home and I was making 300 bucks a week, which was fantastic. I, um, my husband and I had food stamps. He's in recovery as well. And so we were both working, you know, like super, um, not high paying jobs. And, um, and now I know who I am. Now I appreciate the things that I used to hide all the time. And it's because of the acceptance from everybody. Like when I go live, people have the nicest things to say to me. And like, despite my weirdness, despite my awkwardness, they like celebrate those things that I spent so long hiding. So it makes me feel really good. Um, on the other hand, when I get around people who know me, like in my day to day life, they don't seem nearly as excited as the strangers do about me. And so I don't know if they're trying to keep me humble, but it makes me feel like I have everybody on the internet fooled. Um, but my life uh, today is incredible. I get to spend more time with the family. Um, I don't. Um, I feel really guilty talking about the financial part of it because for some reason, because I feel like I put, I took and took for so long in active addiction that when I sit down to talk about like, yes, I'm making money by making videos and doing all these things that are so easy, you know, and there's people who have never been addicted and have never stolen anything in their life, but are struggling to get by. It makes me feel bad because I feel like if anybody deserves it, it's probably the people who have been doing right all along. You know what I mean? So just anytime people asks, ask me about it or bring up the sponsored ad, it just makes me feel uncomfortable, almost like I don't deserve it. And um, I was talking about this last night on my live. Your question was simple. How has your life changed? And for some reason, um, I feel guilty saying how it changed, I think. That's totally normal, by the way. It is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely. Okay. Totally. And, okay. and do you want me to tell you why? Or I would love it because I'm then... sweating. I'm done. <laughs> it's, it is so common for people not to want to, you know, talk about. And, and so we learn at an early age, you know, one of the, one of the qualities, be humble, right? That, that, and that is, a, that is a universal principle. Here's the difference, though. Um, when you know, it, it's okay to celebrate your wins. And I feel like for most people, when they, when they find success, there's like that guilt feeling of like, well, what makes me, why did I get it? Like, well, what about that guy? What about that guy? What about her? Like, she, they're just as deserving. And that's just, that's just part of, it's in our DNA. It's how our minds work. And, and, you know, it, it, it falls into, I could, I, I put people into two different categories shouldn't say two different categories, but there's a spectrum and yeah. there's your, your fixed victim, I call it. And then there's your growth owner. And as a fixed victim, which, you know, you clearly spent a great majority of your life being, 
And I think right now you're, you're transitioning into that growth owner. The fixed victim in us says, poor me, my brain's broken. I don't deserve this. Um, you know, life, you know, life is just out to get me. Right. And then it's like, okay, the growth owner goes, listen, listen up and listen. Good. I got some awesome strengths. I know exactly where, what makes me happy and how I want to get there. I'm going to set goals and obstacles are going to be temporary roadblocks waiting for solutions. I'm going to fail, but fuck it. I'm going to fail <laughs> forward and I'm going to learn every single time that I do. And I'm going to pivot and I'm going to get around that obstacle. And each step of the way, I'm going to continue. I'm just going to not give up. I'm going to be persistent and I'm going to become bigger, better, faster, stronger. And that that's the mindset. That's wow. the number one that your first core is mindset. That's the mindset that I'm always trying to say, look, you can't just snap your fingers and get it. We're in this instant generation right now, right? Where everybody can just click a button and get whatever they want. And so mm -hmm. there's this false, this false thing going on where people are like, well, that guy says for 1999, I'm just going to hit a button. And then I, then it comes. No, as you know, as anybody knows, that's ever, yes. you know, trans done a transformation. You got to work and you got to work hard and it's not going to happen overnight. It's the law of compounding it's slowly, but surely you're going to start to change. And again, it goes back to identifying what these bad habits that you've developed are replacing them with these success habits and slowly but surely your mind, I call it getting into the success loop. Your mind starts to transform because it's like, okay, you're forcing yourself to take a little bit of action. Then that little bit of action leads to a little bit of success. That little bit of success gives you energy and that positive, like soul filling happiness. And you go, Ooh, that makes me want to take more action. Right. And then all of a sudden you're doing this versus the, the opposite, which is the failure loop that I consider most people in, especially the, the fixed victims is, you know, okay, so I'm just going to be complacent. I'm not really going to do anything. Why bother? Life's too hard. I'm never going to get there anyways. It's impossible. And then that leads to feeling worse about yourself and a worse mindset. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, and then you have less energy, right? And then it's like, it's just this failure. But so you were able to break out of that, but it's still fairly new for you. And so I'm guaranteeing you there's still some of that fixed victim stuck in there that, you know, as you continue on your journey, I promise you, it'll start to to fade away. That's great news. I'm on the hamster <laughs> wheel loop and I don't think I'm heading towards uh, what you said. I can't picture ever feeling that way where ju just I'm so confident and I'm like, you know what? I deserve this. This is what I want. I just can't picture being that way, but maybe in the future I will. Maybe you'll get to a point where, right. And, and it's never, it's still not cool to go out and be like, yeah, I'm awesome. And yes, you guys, I'm right. rich. So there's still that humble element, but what what will happen is inside you go, yeah, I do deserve this. And I have worked really hard. And you know what? I am, you know, like I was just telling you, like you start to recognize your strengths. I am this. I am that. I'm a very honest person. People resonate with that. And I worked really hard to get that out into the world. And now I'm benefiting it from it. Heck yeah. Where yeah. else can this take me? What's my next goal? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, that'll come and it's not, it's definitely not something that happens overnight. I mean, my, my journey was a 25 year, 25 year journey from fixed victim suicidal in college to, you know, I exited, I exited my, it was a delivery startup, like a, like a Grubhub or a DoorDash type thing, but we actually started way before them. And we exited in 2019 for $330 million. We got bought out for, and I only say that number. I feel like see, again, right? Like the old me would have never said that number out loud. But people, people go, whoa, and, and there's some credibility to the fact that it's like, okay, I went from zero to, in a lot of people's minds, success financial-wise. But then what I do is I come in the side door, and I'm like, yeah, hey, look, I'm successful money-wise. Listen to me. 
But then it's like, okay, here's really what success is. And this is what it's really about and what happiness is about. And yes, the career and finances, that's one piece of it. And I can help you to get to there too. But you got to have the relationships. You got to have the mindset. You got to have the physical health, the emotional health. And so it's like, I kind of am using that as a, as a way to sort of say, look guys, yeah, I have credibility and now let's, let's get to the real stuff that makes you happy. Cause like you just said, so now you're, you know, you've got this success and it sounds like, you know, with these five, with these other core areas, you maybe need to, you know, start, start building a little bit of momentum in. And then those, those areas where you're starting to feel fr- like you said, you're a fraud or you feel like, you know, I don't deserve this. Those, those, I promise you, like they'll start to disappear, but you don't want to just make everything in your whole world about this, you know, like this thing that you're doing um, with people uh, yeah. or the, you know, the, the career and the finance aspect of it. Because then, like you said, there, there's going to be those areas that are like, you're, you're not quite sure how to put your finger on it, but something's not quite right. And you know, it's yeah. Be better. yeah, absolutely. It's very helpful. And I think it's very cool that the fact that you're a hundredillionaire and you're still taking the time to help people is amazing. Yeah, I, I decided when I when I did that, I, I, I confirmed what I already knew in the back of my mind, which is that money does not like we were talking about earlier, like if Yeah, but you weren't million, kidding. You like someone... had a, a leg to stand on when you said it. Well, and to be clear, I didn't get $330 million to not get wired in my bank account. At that point, I mean, it was a journey. It was a 10, 11-year journey. We, we, got, we got different partners. We merged with another company. We got bought out by this other group. So there were investors involved. So, yeah, by no means. It was, it was, it was, it was a nice paycheck. But our, our company sold. And, and, yes, I mean, technically, I, I got to a point where I don't have to work for the rest of my life. And, so right. that, and it felt so great. Where I was like, ah, oh, yes, you know, and then, but then it was like, okay, now what? Like within, within a month, you yeah. Know, yeah, I played some golf, I took the time off and then I was like, now what? And I was like, shit. And that's when I realized what life is really about, or I confirmed, I guess I kind of already knew that that was wow. going to happen because I'd read so many of these, but I was like, no, life is about growing and continuing to get to that next age. And in a way it's depressing because, or I used, at least I used to think it was depressing because it's like, wait, so I'm never going to be happy. Like I'm always constantly going to have to be like, what's next? What's next? But if you structure it to where you look at it as a positive and that, okay, at least now, right. At least, well, it's at least now I know that growth is what's really going to make me happy and enjoying the ride and the journey. And that, that actual goal is like, if I hit it, it's going to be like, sweet, that feels good. And then you're going to get that jolt, but then it's like, okay, then what's next. And there was this equation of life that I saw years and years ago. It was an app on the app phone right when the app, apple phone came out and it's since gone but i luckily took a screenshot of it it's up here on my vision board right now and at the very top it was just one picture in this app it's called the meaning of life you open it up i'm like hmm, what's this it said we strive for more and then there's a an arrow uh like this going down to we feel dissatisfied and then there's another arrow going back up to we strive for more oh like a circle Right. So it's like this never. So I remember reading that and actually getting really depressed and was like, wait a minute. So we strive for more because we feel dissatisfied. We feel dissatisfied because we strive for more. It's like, so basically we're never going to be happy. Right. Like that sucks. Yeah. But then, then I figured it out. And I'm it's like, not well, a destination. A right. Right. It's not the destination. It's the journey and it's the getting there and it's the growing part. And that's just in our DNA as humans. And so as long as you're doing that, you're going to, you're going to be happy. 
you know, and again, the the five areas I've identified, I I feel like those are the areas that are most important that bring us the most happiness when we're growing in each of those. Yeah, that's very cool. If I were to ask you what, out of those five cores, what would you say is the one that you would score lowest? I have a little quiz on my website. Maybe you should take it. But I thought about where it. Do you, where do you think you could score, you would score lowest at? I mean, five. right so off the bat, my, physical. Physical, okay. And then what's the one other than family and mind and mental? So my, the mindset, uh, career and finances, physical relationships, and then emotional health and giving back. And what that is, is the emotional health part is – uh, like not just having your head down like a chicken with its head cut off or, or an ostrich in the sand, just completing to do after to do without the big picture of like what actually makes me happy. What are the things, what are the hobbies that I like to do? Am I proactively incorporating those things in my life? Or right. is like a year gone by since I, since I did something that I really love for myself. It's like knowing right. those things. Again, it goes back to your strengths and your passions that you are good at, that you love doing proactively putting those in your life and then also coping with the stress with the anxiety and coming and there's just there's mechanisms as you know for that um and proactively making sure you're doing those things so that you're not letting life get to you but you're again as the growth owner you're still in charge and you're like okay that sucked what did i learn from it versus like dwelling on it and we that's, right. that's another thing we tend to do as humans like we something bad happens and we just want to think think about how much wasted energy you've done in your life you spending your life dwelling yep. on something that you have zero control over because it already uh, happened. Every mo- I yes, hundred percent nonstop. <laughs> My favorite party to attend is a pity party, and I love obsessing about things. Like I can't stop thinking about in the beginning when I said your mom's dead. I haven't stopped thinking about it since I said it because I, God, that was See, an example of my brain just and, saying words. Right. And it didn't phase me in the least bit. Right. And so here you are. Right. And the reality of it is, is like, it didn't phase me at all. Like I had totally forgotten about it. Even when it happened, yeah. I made a joke out of it and I was like, no, she's still alive. And yeah. you know, this is what's going on with their alcoholism. And, and so, right. And so how many, how much wasted energy time and think, think about what you could be using that time and that energy on elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's your physical health. And I'm not going to sit here and try to, you know, be like, Hey, we're going to get you into a program or we're going to, that's not, that's not what I do. I'm, I'm more like, look, you know, these are the areas it's up to you. We've talked about reducing friction, how to do it. Maybe get creative and say, okay, I know, like maybe just start with one day a week. Like, okay, I, I want to get my heart going for 15 to 20 minutes, one day a week. I'm going to put it on my calendar and what's the best way to do it for me. Uh, you know, is it going to be playing with my kids? Is it going to be, you know, the Peloton, whatever it is that, that you, <laughs> that you actually go, this doesn't seem so bad. Like I, I can do this. Yeah. And then, and then what's going to happen, I promise you, and this is how it works. It's, it's a snowball effect and it's a ripple effect and all the cores start combining and, and, fi- and I call it firing on all cylinders together. And that's when things get really fun and neat because then you really do feel like, Fuck yeah, um, mm. y- you're going to see that you're going to want more of it. You're going to get greedy for it. You're going to be like, well, wait, one day is not enough. Like I loved the way I felt after that. And I loved the way I felt the next day. Like I want to do that more. And then you're just naturally going to be like, okay, I'll do it three days a week, you know, two days a week. And then you'll go up to three days a week or whatever. And then that'll just, again, it'll become part of your, your, your routine, your habits. I know you said you didn't like that word routine, but it'll be just part of your life. Let's put it. And then you won't even be thinking about it. It'll be on autopilot. It'll just be something you do. And it's going to tremendously impact your happiness. I promise you. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to have to keep you posted. Please do. And I, I'm going to DM you after this. I want your personal email if I don't have it. We're going to keep in touch. And okay. I'm happy to, to talk with you anytime. If you want to just hit me up, chat with me, I'll give you my number. We'll chat. I, I'm all about it. Where, so, where, by the way, where are you calling from? Where are you? <laughs> you your audio has been perfect. I'm in Sarasota. So I used to live in Orlando for many, many years. We moved four, I'm in Chicago now. We moved four years ago. Oh, there is a delay. We're, we're starting to lose it. Okay, well, you know what? I don't know if it's my internet, yours. You're very blurry right now, and I'm starting to get. So I think we'll end it here. Um, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Can... Hello. It started with technical issues, and we're ending with technical. I can hear yes. you. Oh, now I can hear you. Oh, wait, now you're buffering. I, I'm just seeing, like, this is what I see on my end. You're like this blurry like, <laughs> robot. Um, I, I would love to do this again, though, because I feel like we ended up getting into, you asked me a few questions, and I, as you can see, I'm super passionate about what I'm doing now and trying to help. I just want to help people that suffered the way that I did, that were suicidal, and especially the, the younger generation of, like, this, like, they think that it's all about just, oh, I just hit a button, and it's instant gratification. That's not how life works, and so I get excited, so... Thank you for asking those questions. I hope I was able to help you a little bit and some of the viewers, but I want to get more into your stuff next time. So can we have you on again? Is that yes. Right? I, okay, I got that. You're back. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me or see me anymore. <laughs> I know you're like, yes, just I'll to make call sure. You. Call you. So thank you so much, Tiffany. And to all your success that you've had and to the future success that you're going to have, um, I wish you the best. And this was awesome. Thanks for being on. Yeah, same to you. Thank you so much. All right. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. That's it for today's episode of the Five Core Live podcast. If you have not already, please follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And of course, if you got a ton of value and you think someone else in your network might as well, share the podcast so others can enjoy. That's it. Now it's time for you to go fire on all cylinders. See you next time. Get moving. Build momentum. Join the movement. Go to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five cores.